So as I think, uh, I think um, Anthony uh, said it a minute ago when he was up here, but um, this, was a, this was a crazy week. So it's a holiday weekend. We have a lot of folks, some of the people are traveling. We were in Michigan ourselves this week. We came back to be here today, but some people are still traveling for the holidays. There are some people who are sick. And this might be the first time in a long, long, long time where our early 9 o'clock service had more people in than our 10.45 service. Usually, 10.45 is bigger than 9 o'clock. But today, a lot of folks came at 9 o'clock. We had a good crowd today here, a good crowd at 9 o'clock. And not as, not as good of a crowd as they sometimes have at 10.45, which means we kind of flipped roles today a little bit. That's unusual. But that's just... That's just that's rare, so now you know what it's like to be the smaller service, right? Congratulations. But, um, but still, uh, one, one thing that you don't always experience is to see each other. Like if you were here for our, we had a great worship night last Sunday night, by the way. We had a great worship night. And not everyone came to worship night, but a lot of folks who came from the 9 o'clock service and 10.45 service saw each other, but they don't normally see each other on Sundays. Some of you 10.45 people saw some 9 o'clock people that you don't normally see, and some 9 o'clock people saw you. So we had some people see each other at our worship night that come to the same church but go to different services. So that was kind of fun. And today, between uh, 9 o'clock having our bigger crowd and today uh, being a holiday weekend, 10.45, uh, we're glad you're here. And uh, for those I saw online who said they were sick, thanks for watching. I hope that you feel better. And thanks for joining us online as well. Here's what I'm going to ask, because it has been a crazy week, and it is a holiday, and I've already had one service under my belt today, and they've went home, and you're still here. So here's what I'm going to ask you to, to consider doing. And this is not for everybody, okay? And this is not a demand. This is simply a request. It's a free country. It's a free country. So we can do whatever we want to in a free country, okay? The last I checked, except for... Some things we can't do, but that's another story. So here's what I'm going to ask some of you to do. Because we have an early service, because I'm preaching to my online crowd right here in the center on the camera, can, is it okay if I ask that anyone who's on our fringe sides would be willing, I mainly think on a few of you, anyone's willing to kind of move more center than you are today. I don't know, ever ask that. I don't normally care. But because of the nature of this service, if you don't have to, but if you'd be willing to slide over so I could kind of see majority, not everybody, but majority, without having to go all the way to the edges, that would be so cool. And um, I know mom's not in the room yet, uh, so you have to ask her when she comes back in the room if she wants to do that. And that's if you want to tell her that and see what she wants when she comes back in. But that would help me not have even just this much. That's wonderful. It gives me a little more... Uh, clarity, we, don't, we have all these sections and we don't need them all this morning. Okay? Thank you. That's very awesome. And so again, um, we, we're glad you came today. And um, I'm going to speak to you the exact same message I spoke to the 9 o'clock crowd. We do that every week. Just, that's not a surprise. But I will ask you a question I asked the 9 o'clock people. And maybe you could answer this too. How many of you traveled out of state for Thanksgiving? I'm curious. Anybody travel out of state? You did, Jacob? You and Anna? You went? Where'd you guys go? Wisconsin. You went to Wisconsin. So you didn't go to Texas. You went to Wisconsin. For what reason? Who's there? Just... That's right. Family in Wisconsin. So yeah, that's right. So you had a good time in Wisconsin. That's nice. And how many hours of a drive was that for you? Four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. And else travel out of town? You guys, where'd you go, Natalie? Which is um, an hour. So you didn't go very far. Okay, but you, an hour, okay, good. And how about you? you where'd you go? 
Pam? You went to Big Rapids? You were up there. We were near each other. I didn't know that because we were in Morley. No, we, weren't. we didn't go to Morley. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm tired today. We only went to South Haven this time. But oh, you went just to Big Rapids. Good. That's about oh, three and a half hours from here, depending on how fast you drive. Okay. Wonderful. Anybody else travel? How many of you hosted a big party at your house this weekend? You had a bunch of, you had people at your house? A lot of people? Oh, good times. Wow. And you? You hosted as well? Two days. So it's always the debate of which is worse. Is it worse to travel and have to drive all the way back afterwards or to have it at your house and have to clean up afterwards? They both have their ups and downs. I thought that somebody here uh, last hour, Roger and Sheila, who come to our early service, Roger and Sheila said that they went all the way from Cedar Lake to St. John. So they traveled, but not very far, and didn't have to clean up their house afterwards. That's the best of both worlds right there. So anyhow, um, I'm glad that, that you are here this weekend. And uh, if you're online and want to tell us if you traveled or if you hosted a party, put it in the comments section. I'll read those later today. But um, anyhow... We are heading into the Christmas season. And as we transition from Thanksgiving and, and next, we'll, they'll be decorating here. If you are uh, interested in helping to decorate, you'd be a huge blessing to, to talk to Michelle and Tiffany so they don't bear the brunt of that all by themselves. They usually have Lisa with them and she's uh, working a lot of hours at our other job this time of year and, and they might be working on their own. I think they're doing some of it today, even in the afternoon. So any volunteers would be welcome there. But anyhow, um, we'll be decorating and Christmas music starts soon. And we're kind of finishing Thanksgiving weekend and heading into the Christmas season. And so today, I don't really want to preach at you very hard. I just want to have a talk. I want to have a talk to you from my heart for a little bit this Christmas, uh, as we enter this holiday season. Very simple conversation. It won't be very complicated or deep. Doesn't mean it will be short. It just won't be very complicated or deep. But I want to just share my heart with you for a little bit because we're entering that time of year. And this time of year, it is billed as wonderful. It's the most wonderful time of the year right? And it can be. It can be. It's wonderful. And I love the holidays. By the way, I know people who they're, they're like, they're not, they don't like to celebrate holidays for religious reasons, and I've never understood that. Uh, I, I understand it in the sense I've listened to the, I've, I've researched and I've listened to, I'm always a guy, guy who wants to listen to all the different viewpoints and consider them, and I like to hear what people think who differ than me, not just hear what people who are similar to me say to people who are different than, different than me think. I like to go to the source and consider all the angles and be open-minded. And so I understand where people are coming from, but I'm just not one of those guys that, that doesn't celebrate holidays. I like them all. I mean, all of them. Like, I like Halloween. I like to scare people at Halloween. I like to be, uh, watch football and be thankful at Thanksgiving. And I like Christmas season. I like July 4th. The fireworks usually, sometimes they're a little loud, Dynamite, six of dynamite near my house that are a little much, but I love all the holidays, every one of them, Memorial Day, Labor Day, you name them, they're all good. And I love Christmas. And we got our tree already up at our house as of yesterday. And our house is beautiful on the inside. We don't do much on the outside, but we do it in the inside because that's where we live. So we do it for ourselves, not for the neighbors. We're selfish. So anyhow, but we, we, we decorated our house and we love the holidays. And I saw the CLM is all decorated out over there too. It looks pretty festive. And I, I'm excited about it. We, we will do all the things that everyone else does. I just want to caution us, however. I want to caution us as we enter this season. Um, it's often a devastating season for people. 
for a lot of reasons. And I don't just mean like, for some, this is not what I mean, but let me just say this. Some people are sad at Christmas because they've lost loved ones and this time of year reminds them of who's not there. And I know that's hard. But that's not what I'm referring to. This, this time of year is devastating because sometimes we make bad choices. And, and, and uh, a lot of people set themselves back by things we do at the holidays. And Christmas can be wonderful, but it's what we can do to keep it that way instead of letting it become unhealthy that we want to address. So I want Christmas this year, and I'm just going to talk to you today. I want Christmas this year to be something better for you. My prayer, my prayer is that you will enjoy a healthy Christmas. A healthy Christmas. And when I say a healthy Christmas, some of you are going to say, oh great, he's going to talk about diet and exercise and that is not what I'm talking about. But since you brought it up, let me just take a quick moment to say something quick about diet and exercise. That's not my sermon today, but again, since you brought it up. Um, the, uh, a couple of quick things. Um, first of all, it is true. We kind of eat really bad. Like, I've had a bad few days. I tried a couple of my shirts on for church today, and I was very disappointed when my belt buckle was a little not shorter than the last time I wore it. I mean, okay, it's, 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 it's the holidays, I know. And probably we would all be better served to not let this become the time of year that we unravel our health by eating horrible for a month. And I know how hard that is, and I'm speaking to myself. Also exercise. I try to think, stay healthy. Michelle and I have a, a thing we do. We like to walk. Oh, a few miles a day. We try to walk three, three and a half miles every day. Some days we, we don't get out because of circumstances or weather, but usually three, three and a half miles a day. And then on the weekends or sometimes, we we if we can get one or two days of like five or more miles, we're very happy. Uh, and we just do that regularly. And last year during November, we got COVID. We got sick as a family. And we were just coming out of it at Thanksgiving. And... Um, we couldn't smell anything. It was horrible. Thanksgiving smelled like nothing. It was sad. But anyhow, um, then winter, and I don't know if, if it was the winter, we just kind of bunkered down in the house because it was cold and we didn't take our walks. I don't know if it was just sitting around for three months for winter or four months for winter <laughs> or six months for winter or, or whatever that is. I don't know if it was sitting around for winter or if it was kind of COVID hangover, but the bottom line is when we got back into walking and the, when the weather got better, we struggled two and a half miles was like wearing us out and that shouldn't have been the case. And so then I was like, you know what? Um, you know, we don't want to let that happen. So we've kind of made a deal. We're going to try our best to motivate each other to, to walk throughout this winter. Now it's not been bad yet, but it's been a little cold, a couple low 20s outside so far, and in the evening when we're all off of our, our, our responsibilities and walking and, or the mornings. But we have walked and bundled up so far, and we're going to try and do our three-plus miles all winter long, and we'll see how hard that gets uh, certain times of winter. But we just want to stay healthy. And so this is Christmas, and I'm not talking about diet and exercise, but do something to stay active and do something to watch that we don't have a bad Christmas. I'm convinced that with, when it comes to all these areas, one of the reasons we have so many New Year's resolutions is not just because it's a new year, so it's a new beginning, but it's because we feel bad for how we spent the holiday season. It's so bad, we're like, okay, i got to make up for it now in the beginning of the year. So let's just walk into a new year not playing from behind the eight ball, so to speak, okay? But anyhow, when I say healthy, I don't mean that. I mean all the other stuff. Because people are kind of unhealthy this time of year, like in emotional, relational, financial ways, right? Like have you noticed, like, the Christmas cheer at the stores, everyone's like, all oh, the, the music's happy, the stuff's happy, and people are throwing elbows, you know, getting those holiday deals. Everyone's so happy out there in the parking lots and on the highways all the time. The Christmas cheer is everywhere. 
not, right? And so we don't want to be unhealthy on a number of fronts this Christmas season. And so what I want to ask you to do is, is let's do better this year. Because that's why Jesus came. Jesus oftentimes talked in the scriptures about why he came. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came not to be served, but to serve. He, he made a lot of statements about why he came. But there's one statement that I, I want to point out today. In John chapter 10, he was talking about how that um, our, the enemy comes to, to kill and to steal and to destroy. But then Jesus makes a statement that I think is so good. He says, I came. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and they may have it abundantly. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. In other words, Jesus said the reason for my coming was a lot of things, but in this particular conversation, I want you to have life. That means eternal life. In other words, I want you to have eternal life. I will die for your sins so that you don't have to pay the consequence of sin and death. And I'll rise again to conquer death and you can have eternal life. I came to give you eternal life, but I also came to give you an abundant life. And that does not mean prosperity, gospel, you know, wish it and it comes true, genie in the bottle, Jesus. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what we said the last two weeks, that when we follow Jesus and we live, and we put our faith in him for heaven, and when we follow him and lay up treasure in heaven, and we let go of this life we're holding on to so we don't lose it, and instead we lose it and in doing so we find it, that following Jesus will bring us a peace and a joy and the things that money or living self-centered lives can't bring us anyhow. And we can find that in this life, even during difficult times and even during poor times and even during persecuted times, we can have an abundance that's unexplainable by people who don't have it while chasing it. You can chase it and not have it or you can have it from God. And Jesus, I came to give you something inside that is abundant on your way to eternal life. I came that you might have life eternally and that you might have life abundantly, Jesus said. That's why I came. Now, we're celebrating his coming. We're celebrating his birth. He told us why he came in many cases, including this one. And when he says abundantly, that word abundant is referring to things like health. It's being an abundant or healthy person. And we want you to have a healthy Christmas this year. So I want to discuss a couple different ways that I hope that you will be experiencing a healthy Christmas this year. It's a very simple conversation we'll have today. And then we'll go home after we sing. But I want to talk about a few different ways, a couple different ways. The big one's the first one. That's the long one. And then a couple others that I'll be shorter about. But how we can have a healthy Christmas this year how we can be healthy. First thing I want to talk about is I want you to be financially healthy this Christmas. Now, if you were with us a couple months ago, we spent a whole couple months talking about how to get ahead financially. And, we, and if you missed that, it's online. It's worth going back and revisiting, I think. It's important content. But most of us understand the basics. We understand that to get ahead, you got to maximize income. you got to minimize outgo. And that gap ahead gets you ahead. And the younger you do that, the faster you can change your whole life around for the future. We understand financial principles for the most part. Most of us have either heard them or we heard them recently. We understand the idea. But what's crazy is how many of us throw the whole thing out the window during the holiday season. Because after all, it's Christmas and we've just got to go off and do all the crazy stuff. Because this, this season can carry us down the current of materialism so quickly. And it's a current. It's a current in a fast-moving river. It's all the advertisements around you. Look, it really is a rich nation problem. I've said, that, I've said this before. We are a rich nation. 
We are amongst the richest people in the world. We are pretty much all one percenters globally. Everyone in America is fighting about hating the one percenters in, a, in our nation. But when we compare ourselves to the world, we're all one percenters globally, and we don't want to be hated for that. We think we want more because we compare ourselves to other rich people. But we're all well off. And the problem with rich countries like ours is that one of the big sins and one of the big destructive forces in a rich nation like ours is materialism. Materialism makes us very, it's, just a, it's, a, it's a sin that we struggle with because there's always more. And, if, and, and, and commercials cater to that. Commercials push us that direction. And they just put it, and Christmas is the worst. There's a reason why they called it Black Friday two days ago because this is the time of year after Thanksgiving until Christmas when most retailers will go out of the red and into the black financially, make all their money. And guess who's given them all that profit? We are. And the commercials and the colors, and boy, it's the season. It's the reds and the greens and the golds and the silvers and the, and the music and the festivities. And it just gets sucked right in. Even people who resist the commercial materialistic pull get sucked in this time of year. And some of it's ridiculous. Like, I, and I laugh at it every year. Like you see the person who has the, uh, the commercial, the person who comes out and they have a Lexus in their driveway with a bow on it. Like, you're a good spouse if you buy a Lexus for your spouse to put it in the driveway. Like, who really has the... In so many ways, that always blows my mind. First of all, like, that's your Christmas standard is a Lexus in the driveway. Um, you know, and then it's like they surprise their spouse with it. Like, is that the kind of financial decision you should talk about? Oh, hey, honey, surprise, I spent $40,000. Merry Christmas. Uh, we'll figure it out next, I don't know, eight years of our lives, hopefully. Um, I don't know. But here's the thing. You know, it, it, you say, well, I'm not that excessive. I wouldn't go into Lexus territory. But what we do is we get caught up into the whole, you know, keeping up with the, the TV shows. You ever watch like Home Alone or Home Alone 2 when they have the big Christmas tree and there's like 85 billion presents underneath it as far as the eye can see. And it's like uh, a lust-filled open the present wonderland. And it's like, that's what I got to do for my family. And it's just the season. It just, it, it pulls opulence out of us. And, and, and the reason I'm saying this today is because I'm burdened. I'm going to be honest with you. I am burdened for you. Online in person, I'm burdened that we don't let good financial practice get tossed out the window and set us back more than, than here's what happens. Making financial progress is a slow, steady journey over the course of a long period of time. You don't tend to get there overnight. It's taking a bunch of small, consistent steps in the same right direction, day after day, week after week, month after month, over a long period of time. And it doesn't feel like you're getting anywhere for a while, but when it starts snowballing, it start, the curve starts happening real fast eventually. But for the longest time, you have to trudge through the trough of disappointed expectations and wait, because it takes time to get momentum Baby steps over a long period of time. And for many of us, we'll do that all year long. And then at this time of year, it's just like, whoop. And then we set the whole thing back. And here's what I think is going to happen. At some point, you start saying, I spend most of the year carefully living financially responsibly. And then because of certain seasons, it's all, I, I have nothing to show for it. So saving is a waste of time. And, and working hard is a waste of time. And spending less is a waste of time. I can't, I can't get ahead. We give up. We give up the good journey because we get reckless in a commercialized, materialistic, consumeristic season. And listen, just don't. In fact, I've always said this to people. And this is, you want some good advice for Christmas? Let me give you good advice for Christmas 2022. Are you ready? For Christmas 2022, decide how much you're going to spend next Christmas. And this is good advice for all of us. 
decide what you're going to spend. Don't decide. Decide in January when the hangovers will be like, what, would I, what did I just do? In January, what you're going to spend for Christmas 2022. And then budget it all year long and set it aside all year long so that when you get to Christmas, you won't be scrambling or spending debt money to get things done. You know, just plan for it all year long. And then don't get caught up in the hype of the season. Just live with it. And I know what some of us are saying. You're like, yeah, but I have to give gifts to people and, and, and my children or, or relatives. By the way, I don't understand the whole, I know families who they extend gifts with their extended family. They spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars outside of their own family on extended family with gifts. And I'm always like, why? We, we stopped doing that years ago when I was a very young adult with my family. I always think it's funny, like everyone like spends a lot of money to buy things for other people that that person didn't necessarily ask for. I'm here to give you something that you didn't ask for, but I'm trusting you'll like it. Oh, okay, thank you. I think it'd be a better plan for everyone to just to say, let's all spend our own few hundred dollars on ourselves, get together and have a show and tell. Here's what I spent my few hundred dollars on myself. Here's what I bought for myself. Oh, that's good for you. That's nice. Did you want that? Yeah, that's why I bought it. Good for you. Here's what I did, you know. Instead of this whole, thanks for your junk and here's my stuff and I, I you know, hope you like it. Here's the return receipts if you don't like it, you know. I don't know. But we stopped doing that ages ago. But even with our own family, it goes crazy. I've told Michelle many times through the last few years, you know what I want for Christmas? Let's not spend any money on me so I can, I can, so I can use it for other goals than just more stuff. I have all the stuff I could ever possibly need. I don't want anything. I'd just rather have that money in the bank, so do nothing for me. Now, I'm not going to do that to my family, but that's for me because I'm a screw. No, because I don't need anything. I have all I need. And I think that the materialism of this day and age pulls us. And I'm always thinking minimalism sets us free to get ahead, but we don't do it because we're sucked into the consumerism. So what about my kids, though? What about our kids? My kid, we, we buy our kids Christmas presents. I told, I told Lindsay yesterday, I said, honey, give us a Christmas list of what you want. Anything we'll buy, we'll spend as, buy as much as we can for your Christmas allotment of $4.99. And I was joking. I was joking. I was totally lying. It's really $10.99. No, I'm just kidding. No, but seriously, we, we spend money. We, we have Christmas. We do all that stuff. But here's the problem with moms and dads. We're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Now, hold on. Listen to me. We're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Or in this case, the Joneses' children. Because some of you, your biggest fear in the world is that your kids are going to go to school after Christmas break or get on TikTok or Snapchat or whatever, and, 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 or you know, however they correspond, and Instagram, and see their friends and all the stuff that they got, and they're going to be like, oh. And then you're going to think they don't feel loved or they're going to feel like we're poor and they're going to feel less than or I'm a bad parent or they're going to think I'm a bad parent or someone else is going to think I'm a bad parent. And, and so you, you're keeping up with the Joneses. And let me just tell you something. That's a stupid race to get into because it, it will never be satisfied. And, 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 and by the way, the young moms and dads, if you've got young kids, the younger they are, start off. Because once you open up a, a portal, it's hard to dial it back. You know, enjoy Christmas, but don't get crazy. Don't hurt your financial goals trying to keep up with rich people's expectations of, of Christmas in a consumeristic day and age. It's a rat race you can't win, and you'll, you'll be chasing forever, and you'll never be satisfied. Say, so, yeah, but, you know, but what? You know why we do it? Again, because we don't take the time. And I think Moms and Dads is a chance to teach our children about the 99% of the world's population that has less than we do. This is a chance to talk about other people because instead of comparing ourselves to other rich people and how much they extravagantly make bad financial choices, hey, we should make bad choices because they made bad choices. Otherwise, we're not good people. 
Look at the world that has so much less and say, we have so much more. Quit comparing ourselves to the wrong people. And, and just fight that battle early on. Throwing money, it doesn't make a relationship anyhow. Um, be financially healthy this Christmas. Don't let the festivities get us crazy. In fact, I love the two, the two most important words I think that help us. I, mean, I like to talk about minimalism a lot. I think the two simple words that keep us from being too materialistic or crazy, especially this time of year, the two magic words for me are gratitude and contentment. Gratitude and contentment. That's what I said, too. It's a good song. All right. Gratitude and contentment. Gratitude is what we celebrate at Thanksgiving time. Gratitude is when we come together and say, God's been good to me. I'm not saying, look what I don't have. I'm saying, look what I do have. And contentment is similar. Contentment is saying, I have what I want, and I want what I have. And I have what I need. And the best thing to be grateful and content is to count our blessings, what we have, and, and quit comparing ourselves to the richer and compare ourselves to the vast majority of the world that has less and say, God, you've been so good to me. I'm thankful. I'm grateful. And I'm content. And, and you say, well, yeah, that's good for me, but what about my kids? Mom and Dad, please, by all means, let's raise children that have a better perspective in life than materials. Don't raise little kids to grow up and be taught through our extravagance that they have to always keep up with the Joneses. This is a chance to have some good conversations that they'll have to rub against the rest of their lives that says, what does gratitude and what does contentment look like? And yes, we're going to do gifts, we're going to have some fun, but we're not going to make bad choices because our priorities get messed up ever, especially this time of year. Let's be financially healthy. Hebrews 13, 5, I love this verse. It says, don't love money. When it says don't love money, it's not referring to just to, like big stacks of money with rubber bands on them. It's referring to the things that money buys. It's referring to stuff or material goods. Don't love money. Don't love stuff. Be satisfied. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. It's very interesting that in the middle of this reminder about gratitude and contentment, we're reminded that God is saying, I'm here. In other words, it's like Jesus said, I came for this reason. I came so you could be healthy, including financially, but you got to make sure you don't love the wrong stuff, you're not chasing the wrong things, and that you're yourself and what, who you're raising to be responsible adults, you're understanding that it's good to give gifts. I love giving gifts, by the way, because the gift giving, in, in a sense, pictures what God did for us. He loved us enough and he gave but not irresponsibly and not to our own detriment and not to keep up with the expectations of culture around us. That's where gratitude and contentment come in and it's our job to live responsible lives and to raise responsible young lives. So, let's be financially healthy this year. Number two, and that's a big one. Number two, let me say this. Let's be relationally healthy. Let's be relationally healthy. You know, relationally the holidays are rough on people who are already unhealthy relationally. And in other words, if you're unhealthy in your relationships, Christmas does not make it easier. It makes it harder. Because if you're unhealthy relationally, here's what Christmas does. I'm going to get into the, to the psychology a little bit, okay? First of all, it props up an ideal. All the cute little, the movies and the scenes and the, the, the songs and the colors. and everything. It's, just like, it's the perfect time of joy and peace. The pictures are there. And you're like, that's not what I'm experiencing. But if relationally you're unhealthy, it's harder at Christmas. And, he, and that's one reason why. Here's another reason why. You see each other more. Kids are off school for a couple of weeks at a time. 
adults, we get days off of work more than we usually do. We're around. So if your marriage is bad, you're probably going to see more of your spouse during the holidays most in most homes than you will the rest of the year. If, you're, if your relationship with your kids is, is rocky, you'll see them more this time of year than you, you do most of the year. If your uh, relationship with your parents is bad, this is the time of year you'll see the, a bit more of each other. Siblings, same as that. And that goes for extended family too. Here's the thing. Some of you, you have relatives that you never see. Some of you have relatives you never see all year long until Christmas or the holidays. And then you get together and you're like, at first you're like, oh, it's so great to see you again. We're together for a few hours. But if you stay for a few days, what happens after a few days is you're like, oh, that's why I don't live so close by. I remember that now. Uh, no, but, that, but any unhealth relationally, Christmas can magnify it because you see more of each other. And boys, a lot of fights and a lot of hurt feelings at Christmas time. I want you to have a healthy Christmas this year. Can I, can I give you some advice from Scripture some advice that Paul gave the Ephesians that applies not just to Christmas, but to all year long, but also applies to Christmas. Paul said this, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words. Well, they said harsh words to me first. I know, I know, but listen, listen, get rid of it. Get rid of all of it. Slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Just get rid of that stuff. And again, if we're struggling with that already, Christmas only can exacerbate it more because we see people more often. But get rid of all that. You say, well, how do I do that? What do I do instead? I'm glad you asked. Verse 32, Paul said this. Instead, instead, be kind to each other. Instead, be kind to each other. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. And I love that verse because of so many parts. First of all, be kind. You're like, yeah, but Arlen, my relationships are rough because they're not kind. But Paul's not talking to them. He's talking to you. We can be kind. Listen, the verse does not say be kind to each other if they're kind to you first. The verse doesn't say be kind to each other as long as they're also kind to you. That is not how it's, it's not, that's, not the, that's not the teaching. By the way, mom and dad, you know this. What do you do when your kids come along and say, well, they did it first. Why did you act that way? They did it first. Oh, well, if they did it first, then by all means, be that way. No. What do you say to your kids? You say, no, that doesn't matter. You behave either, despite what they do, you do the right thing. And you too, right? And so here's the thing. Be kind to each other. Here, we are adults here. We're running around saying, well, that person in my family isn't very kind to me. Take your advice to your children. Be kind to each other, regardless of whether they're kind or not. Regardless of whether they're kind, be kind to each other. Tender-hearted. Tender-hearted. Forgiving. See, how, what if they're not kind to me like I'm kind to them? Forgive. See, that's hard to do. I know. You know why? Because it's a heart issue. That's why he said be tender-hearted. Be tender-hearted. He said, well, well, how do I find that in me? Because when I see them, it's so hard. When I see my husband, or I see my wife, or I see my children, or I see my parents, or I see that extended family at the, at the holidays, I see that uncle or that aunt that drives me crazy, or that sibling that moved away that bothers me. How do I be kind and forgive them? They just bother me. you got to stop looking at them and start looking at, at God. I love what Paul says at the end of the verse. He says, do this just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. In other words, we have an example. When we get our eyes off of that annoying family member that bothers us, that we act poorly towards, that we mistreat with our unkindness or our unforgiveness, and we quit looking at them and we look at Jesus and realize what God has done for us. What has he done for us? He was kind to us, though we were sinners. He forgave us our sins. 
And if he can forgive me, and if he can be kind to me, I can, in light of his grace to me, show grace to my family members. I can do it because he, and by the way, that's what he's saying again. It's, that's what the verse is saying. That's why he came. He says, I came for you to have that health, that abundance. Financially, relationally, I model it for you, God says. I model it for you. Be kind, forgiving. Let's have some relational health this Christmas. And I'll tie this together in a moment here. But number three, let's have, experience what it means to be emotionally healthy this Christmas. One reason we're not relationally healthy is because we're not emotionally healthy. That we're, that we're tenderhearted, we're not very tenderhearted because, because emotionally we're unhealthy inside. Did you ever think about this? Just a thought. All these concepts tie together, don't they? Like financially, we make bad choices and then we're stressed out about our money so we're emotionally distraught because of our financial decisions. And because we're emotionally distraught over our finances, we then turn around and take it out on our loved ones relationally. And then we feel bad about that which causes us more emotional anxiety. So we decided to throw money at it to, make it to bail us out of our things by buying stuff which makes us then, you know what I'm saying? It's like a big old crazy cycle, man. It's a crazy cycle of unhealth. But this emotional health is so important this time of year. We've we got to do better. And again, the season calls for a better. All around us. Say, but Arlen, what do you do when you're just ang- ang- full of anxiety and depression and sadness and worry about what's going to happen next and how are you going to sort it all? How's it going to go with that person that's difficult? And what about this thing that was done or said or not done or not said about me or to me? Or what about this thing I've got to do and the handle the load and the finances and all of it? How do I handle the strain inside my soul? Well, again, the scriptures give us some insight. Paul says in Philippians 4 and verse number 6, don't worry about anything. Those things that trouble you, those things that tear at your soul. Instead, he says, pray about everything. Pray about it. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he's done. By the way, there's that, that, there's that gratitude again, that gratitude we mentioned earlier, gratitude and contentment. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Say, God, I'm, t- I'm, I'm upset, I'm, I'm not healthy in here, and it's spilling into my relationships. Maybe it's caused by my relationships or caused by my finances, but it's spilling into those areas as well. And it's, a, it's in here, God. It's not someone else, it's me. I mean, yes, someone else is pushing my buttons, but why are my buttons so pushable? Why do I respond the way I do? Why am I so torn up? God, it's me. So I, I'm gonna come to you and I'm, when I'm troubled inside, I'm gonna pray about it and tell you what's going on and I'm going to thank you for all that you've done. That gratitude can realign us. I'm going to tell you, this is a great life hack right here. I can tell you how many times things happen to me. And, and it's, I wish I could say I've, I've reached some kind of perfection. Ha, ha, ha. I sure haven't. And I can tell you, there's times when I'm just, I get troubled. And if I, at some point in the middle of my whatever, when I wake out of my, uh, when, I, when I come to my senses, I know what to do. I get alone with God. I say, God, I've been wallowing in something I shouldn't be in. I'm worried about some stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious about some stuff. I'm upset about some stuff. I'm going to pray about it instead. I'm going to tell it to you. I'm going to lay it before you. I'm going to thank you that you're bigger than all of this. You're bigger than I thought. That you're in control. You've done so much for me. You've been so faithful. And I'm going to leave it with you and go on. Boy, we should all do that. And when we do that, verse 7, the next verse says this. Then, when we do that, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. It's the kind of stuff that money can't buy. Gifts can't placate. It's, it's, the, it's the stuff that 
power and achievement and getting our way can't do for us. When we come to God and we get emotional health with him, we can experience his peace that exceeds things that could be explained in words. Things that we can't buy that doesn't come in a store or a box. And his peace, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And it's like, once again, Jesus is saying, that's why I came. I came for you to have abundance, for you to have health. Financially healthy, relationally healthy, emotionally healthy. The word peace is in there. He, in the same chapter, he talks about joy. You think about Christmas time? Those are big words at Christmas time, right? Love, peace, joy, right? They're everywhere. Finding Christmas love is every Hallmark movie's centerpiece. Uh, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. We love the, the themes. But how many people never experience any of that at Christmas time? We're living at Christmas season, but we're not experiencing love, joy, and peace. You know what's interesting? Love, joy, and peace is more than just a Christmas idea. It's actually fruits of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace, right? It's like we get off track. We get off with God. And then we try to chase these things in the material world that only God can provide. Which brings me to my last point today, and that is being spiritually healthy. And if I can be very candid with you, I believe that this one is attached to all the other ones. All the other points attach back to being spiritually healthy. This is the, this is the linchpin. Have you noticed that in every point we've looked at so far, where we've talked about being financially healthy and we see some scripture, it points us back to God. He said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. We looked at being relationally healthy and how we are kind and forgiving. Points us back to God as he forgave us. We talk about being emotionally healthy. Points us back to God. Come to him in prayer and find his peace. I think spiritually healthy is the linchpin to being financially healthy, emotionally healthy, relationally healthy. In other words, if we would be spiritually healthy, we might not become financially unhealthy if we're spiritually healthy. We might not run down the wrong path financially to try and do something that money can't do, but can undo some good things in our life. If we're spiritually healthy, we might be more emotionally healthy. If we're spiritually healthy, we might be more relationally healthy because we're aligned with Jesus' way of living. But here's the problem. Listen carefully. A major reason why Jesus' followers who are otherwise on track find themselves unhealthy emotionally, relationally, financially in this holiday season is because we get too busy and chaotic during this season to stay spiritually healthy. It's amazing to me how God gets put on the back burner at the time of year that Christians celebrate his coming. We're like, because we have a lot going on. We have a company Christmas party. And then our spouse has a company Christmas party. And we got our family party. And the other side of the family's party. And then our own family traditions. And then the shopping for all of it. And then yada, yada, yada. And it's chaotic. And we start saying, man, I, I just don't have time to get in the Word. I don't have time to really pray because there's just so much going on. Church, i got to miss church because it's my one full day off to go get some things done. i got to get done because Christmas. And so the spiritual health just seeps out. And I think it seeps into all the other parts where because we're not staying aligned with our maker who came to give us abundance and health, we find ourselves financially unhealthy in our practices, relationally unhealthy, emotionally unhealthy, in ways that we aren't as bad the rest of the year but get worse during Christmas. And it's because the spiritual stuff suffers because God gets put on the back burner.
Can I give you some really good advice this Christmas? This is for you. This is for everyone in the world, no matter who they are and where they live. Stay connected with your maker this Christmas season. Listen, here's some, just some practical advice for a couple minutes here. Download the YouVersion Bible app if you don't already have it. My goodness, you can have your Bible anywhere you go. You don't have to carry the big old family, the old family you know, Bible everywhere you go. Just your phone has the Bible on it in almost every language in the world. And they have Bible reading plans you can get on that are holiday related or short. Some are short, some are long, some are devotionals, some are straight through the Bible. Just find a plan that works for you and, and spend some time in the Word this Christmas. We lament sometimes, and I lament sometimes, that, that because of the technology with phones, people have access to pornography wherever they go. Like porn is literally on everyone's pocket everywhere they go in their phone. But you know what else is accessible anywhere you go today? The Bible. The Bible is accessible wherever you go. In the parking lot at the store, the Bible is with you on your phone. Anywhere you go. So don't, take, don't let it be too busy this year. Open that thing up and, and spend some time in the Word this Christmas season. Spend some time in prayer. Get with God and say, God, as I go through this crazy season, I don't, I don't want to forget what it's all about. And I want to stay connected to you and be healthy spiritually. Stay in church. Come back together and, and give other people to realign yourself with, you know, don't let the season crowd out. Say, God, I do those things. I would make those priorities, but I'm too busy enjoying the season where we as believers celebrate that you came. That's so you understand, right? I think it's a bad way of living at Christmas time to become spiritually unhealthy and let it spill over into all the other parts of our lives. Ultimately, I just, what I want for you is I want you just to enjoy a healthy life always. Not just part of the year, all of the year. And not just living for one small portion or one small season of the year. Live healthy all the time. And that's what your maker wants. That's what your redeemer wants. That's why Jesus came. He said it earlier, I came. I came that they might have life eternally and have it abundantly or healthily. And that's what I hope for you today. Now, New Year's is coming. I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you, this is not a, there's no wrong answer here. There's no judgment. There's no, aha. This is just a, it's a curiosity question. How many of you are the kind of person that you make New Year's resolutions? Raise your hand. I do usually, but maybe you do, maybe you don't. Anybody else besides me ever make New Year's resolutions? Okay. How many of you never make New Year's resolutions? You never do. Raise your hand. Most of you, do you, like, most of you didn't raise your hand either time. You're, you're killing me, schmalls, okay? Like, New Year's, what's New Year's? I don't even know what New Year's is. Is there a New Year's coming up here? Okay, come on, you had to do one or the other. You either make them or you don't, right? Which category are you in? It's got to be one or the other. So, New Year's comes along, and I'm for resolutions in the sense of saying, let's have a better New Year. I think that's great. But, but New Year's shouldn't be digging out of the hole that Christmas left us in. It shouldn't be, I ate bad, exercised poorly, spent way too much money, I'm way in a hole, I'm a, blew up some relationships, I'm an emotional wreck, I'm going to get all that out of the hole for New Year's resolutions. That's a horrible way to start a new year. But that's how we do when we make Christmas unhealthy. We come into the year, we have to make, make up for lost time. I'd rather be healthy coming into the new year and saying, let's make this year better, let's go forward further, faster. But it comes down to having a healthy Christmas. And I'm just talking from my heart today. I'll be very honest. This is just a talk. It wasn't a fancy sermon. And maybe for some of you, you're not interested. I don't know. But this is passionate to me. And this is the kind of sermon that I leave today frustrated. I always leave these kind of sermons frustrated because I know how important this is. 
that we don't get unhealthy during the Christmas season. And I know that I'm fighting against a culture war with people who follow Jesus, who sit there and say, uh-huh, uh-huh, nice, and we do it anyhow. And it's so exasperating for me that I can leave sometimes and just say, did I waste my breath? But I pray and beg to God for your sake that you will enjoy a healthy Christmas with your finances, with your relationships, with your emotions, and with your spiritual walk. Please, let's have a healthy Christmas. That's my prayer for you. We get all fired up, start decorating later today, and got Christmas music starting soon, and that's wonderful. And I love all of it. I love all of it. We already watched Home Alone. We're ahead of the game. We got our, started our checklist, you know. But here's the thing. Just don't be unhealthy. Stay connected to your maker who came to give you life eternal and abundant.